The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. When offered something free, we are usually immediately distrustful. What's the catch? We say. What's wrong with it? We ask. It sounds too good to be true. We suspiciously think. When my grandfather died, we unearthed in his basement box after box of items ordered from infomercials back when those things were a thing. Knives that promised to cut through concrete. Miraculous cures for headaches and arthritis. Magical exercise gadgets that build muscle, melt fat, and restore balance, which you can use whilst sitting in your reclining chair. <laughs> These were tucked into the far recesses of the cellar. I promise you, had my grandmother found them, it is guaranteed he would have met his demise before she did instead of the other way around. It makes sense to be suspicious and skeptical of something that is free or seems too good to be true because 99% of the time they are scams. But not always. Jesus tells us in Luke that it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Jesus tells us to not be afraid. Repeatedly, the Bible assures us to not be afraid, to fear not, to live fearlessly, and so on. And yet, the church at large historically has done a fantastic job of doing exactly the opposite by literally scaring the hell into people. And this is because we don't know what to do when a beautiful thing is offered to us for free. No strings attached, no fine print, no minutia or particulars that trap and ensnare. It's God's kingdom. God gives it to the world for free. Well, to be clear, it wasn't free for God because it cost God the life of his only son. Nonetheless, the gift of God's kingdom to the world is free for us. And furthermore, it is God's good pleasure to give it. Simply put, it makes God happy to give the kingdom of heaven to the world, and it's a kingdom we should not be afraid of. So in these days that seem so scary and dark, 
with the war in Ukraine and escalating tensions between Washington and Taiwan and Beijing, with Brittany Greener facing nine and a half years in a Russian penal colony, with a rising death toll in the Gaza Strip, climate crisis, looming monkeypox, relentless debate regarding rights to guns, speech, and reproduction, although yay for Kansas and Arizona. It's good today to think about the kingdom of God and God's happiness in giving it to the world. Jesus uses stories called parables to try to explain and describe the kingdom of heaven. He uses comparisons like the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows. It's like a lost pearl that is found. It's like a hidden treasure that is discovered. It's like leavening in a bread. It's like a net that catches fish. These parables offer glimpses into and snapshots of a kingdom that is really impossible to comprehend, like trying to describe the color orange or the smell of rain. Parables seek to give descriptives and particulars to a kingdom that can at times feel very elusive and out of reach, especially in dark times. But know this. The kingdom of God is not elusive, nor is it out of reach. It is very much at hand. Here are two descriptives for the kingdom of God, hope and healing. Hope and healing are not elusive. They are not out of reach. They are here. They are now. And they are specific and they are particular with faces and names. There is a family called the Czech Vedats family. It feels like their name is impossible to pronounce. Basically, it has all the vowels. No, none of the vowels. All the consonants. Social Justice Committee Zoomed with this family the other day, and we all tried to pronounce their name. I think we'll get the hang of it in time. Anyway, they fled Ukraine when Russia invaded on February 24th. Here's their story. They wrote this. Good evening, we are the Chekvarats family from the destroyed city of Mariupol. My name is Yana. My husband's name is Shota. We are 50 years old. Our daughter's name is Lika. She is nine. My husband's mother, Luba, is with us and she is 71. We had a business renting apartments, plus my husband was a truck driver in Europe. One day on February 24, we lost everything that we had worked so hard for many years for. Mariupol is over 80% destroyed. It is now occupied by the Russian army. We have no place to return. Thanks to God, we are alive. We are now temporary, temporarily in England in a small village with 800 people where there is no prospect for our family. <clears throat> the child cannot play sports or dance. The nearest town is 12 miles away. There is no work. If there is, then only to wash dishes in another city. When asked why they could not move to a bigger city in England, they said, bureaucracy and money. If we move to a bigger city in England, it will be difficult for us to rent a house without a guarantor. And you have to pay months in advance. We cannot afford it. I want stability for our family and happiness for our daughter. We want to find a sponsor to come to the United States. We want to start working. We want to give our dear daughter a decent life in your beautiful country. We hope for God and the help of good people. We are Christians. We are Protestants. We have achieved everything in life on our own and with God's help. We are used to work 
And here we can't achieve anything. We cannot give a future to our child. We walk under the Lord. We are not nominal Christians. My husband was a minister in the church. We like Iowa City. We don't need a huge city. We want to have a job, a good school for our child, a church, brothers and sisters in the Lord, so that we can be happy. After moving to Iowa, my husband will take any job and in his free time, he will go to CDL courses. We are not going to neglect your help. We will do our best to become independent faster with God's help. We will be very grateful for your help. We will not disappoint you. In an astonishingly short period of time, so less than two weeks, this congregation, this congregation has raised much, but not all, of the money needed for this family to travel to Iowa City and be settled for about three months. If you're interested in helping, you can donate online or by check. In this way, you are spreading the kingdom of God by showing that your purses won't wear out, that you are generous to those in need, you are showing where your treasure is, that your treasure lies with fellow human beings in a time of desperate crisis. You are showing that you are dressed and ready for action. You are showing that you are alert when a servant God asks you to serve others in need. You are showing that you are vigilant and prepared to protect this home, this house of worship, so that it is a safe place for all people, not plundered by ones who sow hatred or intolerance or prejudice or discrimination. You are showing that you are ready to participate in a kingdom reality, even at a moment's notice, which is sometimes hard for Lutherans, because we prefer to have a plan and at least six months to deliberate and meet and perhaps enjoy a potluck or two. But sometimes the kingdom is pressing and urgent as in this case. Rest assured, there is a plan. The Social Justice Committee is on it. You should know this. The wheels are in motion to secure housing for this family, to get both Shota and Yana jobs, to enroll Lika in elementary school, to connect them with the Slavic communities in the Iowa City area, and to secure mental health resources for them as they continue to process the devastation and death that they have witnessed. In bringing this family here, you are giving them hope. And hope, remember, is a defining characteristic of the kingdom of God. They have seen their friends killed, their home destroyed, their livelihood literally demolished. You are offering them a new life, safety, and a community. You are giving them hope at the most hopeless time in their lives. You are spreading the kingdom of God. It is God's good pleasure to give this kingdom, and it is our good pleasure to share it. Hope is a sign of the nearness and the nowness of the kingdom of God. So is healing. An example of how the kingdom of God is all about healing. Last week on Sunday, Doug and I went to a family reunion on his side in DeWitt, Iowa. We were late which made it awkward and cringy when we walked in and everybody was already eating. Anyway, after getting our things settled, I looked up and I saw Jason. Jason was the organist in my former parish. He and I worked together for 14 years. Our relationship took an abrupt turn when he got engaged to his long-term partner, Chad. 
and both the parish and community exploded in outrage. I officiated at their wedding in October 2013. In the months between their wedding and my moving to North Liberty after marrying Doug, my relationship with Jason was very strained as the community and parish reeled from their wedding. Ironically and sadly, this treasured friendship seemed to be sacrificed as I sought to navigate myself and my sons through life in a community that had turned hostile almost overnight. When we moved, my relationship with Jason was unresolved, and for these last eight years has brought me significant sadness. In December, when we were visiting Doug's parents, I learned, I was shocked to learn, that Jason's husband Chad had died last August and no one had told me, and this is an hour away from here. I could only imagine Jason's grief, but hadn't spoken to him since we moved, despite efforts to reach out. Turns out he doesn't check Facebook Messenger. Anyway, at the family reunion last Sunday, I looked up and I saw his face, and I thought, well, this can only go one of two ways. But because I have the wor worst poker face ever, I couldn't help but smile, and I simply said, yes. We spoke for hours that afternoon, and I got to tell him everything I had been thinking and feeling since we parted. I am sorry I wasn't a better friend at the end of my time in Calamus. Those 14 years working with you were the most important and formative years in my ministry. I am sorry your husband died. I bet I can guess the hymns you chose for his funeral. The opening hymn was, What Wondrous Love Is This, Wasn't It? It was always his favorite. I bet I can guess the vessel from your house that his remains are stored in, that ugly Garfield cookie jar. I thought so. Tell me about your life and your heart right now. Do you still have all those stupid cats? No, I'm glad. Remember the time that we kayaked all day and Chad brought margaritas. That was a silly day. Remember that time when baby Philip puked on you on a Sunday morning right before church and it went down your shirt and you gagged all throughout both services and wouldn't talk to me for a week? Remember all those endless and boring stories you told me about your time at Luther College? Well, guess what? Christian is going there in a week. So why don't we three meet for lunch on Tuesday in Solon, and you two can chat, alum to incoming freshmen. And finally, in case you ever thought I didn't, I love you so much, and I always have. So let's begin again. Healing is a sign of the nearness and the nowness of the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's tossed on our laps when we least expect it. But if the joy that I feel after that interaction is a fraction of God's joy in giving the kingdom to the world, that's a kingdom I want to participate in. Hope and healing. God's kingdom is about hope and healing. Hope for the hopeless and healing for the broken. And are we not all at times hopeless and broken? Well, then God's kingdom is for all of us. God's kingdom is not about fear and judgment, not about prejudice and hatred. It's about inclusion and grace and mercy and infinite love. And it's free, no strings attached, no fine print, no ensnaring clauses. God's kingdom is about hope 
and healing. Hope and healing are not elusive. They are not far off. They are near. They are very much at hand. And they have faces, beautiful faces, both familiar and new. And they have names. Some we know, and some we are just learning to pronounce. Amen.